This is On Location. I'm Joe Mamlin. Today's episode comes to you on location from Georgia, Washington, and Alaska. But first, On Location is produced by the NCO Communications Committee with special production assistance from Tim Leitner and me. You can find the podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. On today's show, Tim Leitner welcomes Liz Schreiber from the Georgia Department of Human Services, Child Support Division, and Wally McClure from Ravenswood Consulting. Liz and Wally are currently serving as the co-chairs of NCIA's Research Committee. They talk about their own career journey and how it led them to where they are today, and how this research committee brings together the importance of leadership and good research and a larger emphasis on collaboration to support the NCIA community and child support professionals everywhere. They talk about some of the work of the research committee, projects from the past, and what the future holds for this important work. It's going to be a great show. So stick around, and we'll be right back. another episode of NCA on Location, coming to you from Georgia, Washington, and Alaska. I'm Tim Leitner, your host for today, and I'm with CGI in Anchorage, Alaska. Today, our guests are Liz Schreiber with Georgia Department of Human Services, Division of Child Support Services in Atlanta, Georgia, and Wally McClure of Raven Wings Consulting in Lacey, Washington. They are the co-chairs of NCIA's research subcommittee, which many of you may not fully be aware of. But like any good conversation, let's start with introductions. Listen, Wally, can you tell us who you are, where you came from, and who you're currently working with? Sure. So I'll, I'll go first. So who am I? You know, I started in child support in 1988. And I worked for the Washington State Child Support Program from then until 2018. And I did all kinds of stuff while I was there. I started as a line worker doing establishment and enforcement work. I became a supervisor later, not much later, I I moved to headquarters and, and wrote some policy, did some training, worked in the central registry for a while, wound up kind of mysteriously in the IT shop and and then eventually was the chief of IT for the Washington State Child Support Program for a while and then ended my career there with seven years as director. When I retired, um, uh, I opened a little consulting shop. Mostly that means that um, uh, I'm a gig worker who's, uh, um, you know, working for other larger consulting firms who, uh, who work for states and counties and, and tribes. Uh, and the federal government uh, um, to improve the program. So, so that's that's kind of you know my whole uh, path and and sort of who I am professionally. 
who am I personally, you know, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a grandpa, I'm a father, I'm a great grandfather. And, uh, um, and, a, and, and I think uh, from the child support perspective, a strong advocate of making the child support program better and better and better. Great. Thanks, Wally. Liz, what about you? That was impressive, Wally. I don't want to follow now. So I'm Liz Schreiber. I am originally from St. Simons Island, Georgia, which is one of Georgia's 14 major barrier islands. A lot of people aren't aware that Georgia has several islands. I work for the Georgia Department of Human Services, Division of Child Support Services, and I've been with the department for 16 years. I currently serve as the Strategic Performance Planning Manager. I started with the division as a frontline case manager and have held several different roles over the years, including policy specialist. I uh, managed one of our large metro offices for several years before coming into my current role about three years ago. I love the child support program. I really geek out on incentives and performance. That's one of my areas that is just close to my heart. And personally, I am a dog mom and Tucker the dog is famous in child support in Georgia and hopefully now nationally. <laughs> That's so cool. Let me ask this question. Where has your leadership journey started and where has it led? Because I, I doubt that it's the same place it was five or 10 years ago. So, so you know, I, I don't, this is an interesting question for me because I don't really know where my journey for leadership started. I, I'm a reluctant leader. Yeah, I mean, I, people, when I tell that to people, a lot of times they don't believe it. But, but um, you know, I was perfectly happy doing doing my job establishing and enforcing support and the other jobs that I did before that that weren't really leadership roles but but somehow I wound up doing that other stuff anyhow and and I'm great with that I mean it's it's uh um it's certainly been the vast majority of my career now where has it led well it led me to becoming a, the director which was super exciting because it took me out of the cocoon of Washington State's child support program and exposed me in a much more in-depth way to the national program and the excitement that was happening there, which, you know, which, which affected how I looked at um, the state program and, and was kind of the catalyst for me making some changes in the state program as I got excited about the potentialities there. But but now leadership means something completely different. I don't have a thousand staff anymore. You know, I have me, yeah, and, uh, and I'm really really glad about that in many ways. I mean, it's certainly easier to manage me than it is a whole bunch of other people. But but it also means that um, that leadership is very informal, right? I get to pick and choose the kinds of things I do, like you know, like co-leading this group with Liz is terrific. And, and uh, um, it's people that are very invested in it. They want to be there and, and uh, are ha not, not that the other staff that I worked with didn't want to be there and they weren't invested too, but it's, it's so much more informal and, uh, um, and, and much easier to, to do. So it's uh, maybe, maybe that's good since I'm starting to get old and dottery, uh, but, but it's, uh, it's also delightful to be in a, in such a relaxed mode of leadership. 
Yeah, let's let's swing it over to you. All right. My leadership journey really started around 11 years ago when I took my role as a policy specialist in one of our regional offices. This was my first supervisory role, but really the majority of the leadership experience was gaining buy-in from staff that I did not directly supervise. So we had several different offices in our region, and this was also kind of my first exposure to working with the state office, because as a policy specialist, we worked really closely with the state office policy and paternity unit. So getting that exposure to different offices, kind of getting outside of my little bubble of the office that I had worked in, and then also looking at statewide, our program performance. And that's something that is um, translated very closely to what I'm doing now is that, again, I'm working in a leadership capacity where I don't directly supervise staff, but I'm trying to get buy-in from different managers or um, different parts of the program in ways that we can improve our performance. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, while NCA has a research subcommittee, I have this inkling that some of our listeners don't know much about this, or maybe not as much as they should. Can you tell us when this committee started? Why was it formed? What does it do today? And was it born out of an idea or of a need? Just tell us a little bit more about the research subcommittee. So, you know, it got restarted. And, and so I don't know when it started. Uh, maybe, maybe Liz does, but um, it restarted in... Um, 2017, when then President Diane Potts um, decided that she wanted to bring the committee back. It's a subcommittee to policy and government relations, and so I think she had the she had the desire to ensure that um, NCA had a strong understanding of what was happening out in the child support research world that it could inform uh, to some degree um, NCO's leadership and also the, the committee, um, the, the policy, the PGR, the Policy and Government Relations Committee, as an arm of that. And, and, uh, and also to share information that it garnered and gathered uh, with the membership at large. So uh, I, think, I think that's kind of the threefold idea um, and still is reflected in our charge, if you will, um, of why we exist. Um, I don't know, Liz, do you have anything else to add to that? What are your thoughts about why we're here? Yeah, I think that we um, really serve to provide a forum for collaboration, a way for researchers to, you know, get input from child support practitioners to get feedback on their research and really just share that with the larger NCA community, whether that's with a an article, either research briefs. We also curate the research page on the NCA website. So we try to make sure that we're reviewing new material and getting that updated to share with the, the larger NCA community. And so what are some of the research studies that this committee has been involved with working on in the history of the research subcommittee? Can you, can you give us a little bit of a flavor of that? So maybe one one good example from the fairly recent uh, from fairly recently was the in 2021 the improving the modification process that that uh, work is is up on the um, on the web page and and uh, for everybody to see the web page is divided up into kind of categories and uh, 
in, in the team. So that one's pretty easy to find. Um, and it, you know, it talks about um, the current state of the modification process and some of the ways that it can be improved. Um, but like all of our work, it relies heavily on the work of others that, that we don't, we don't really do much research. I mean, if a researcher were to, were to hear me say that we did research, they would laugh at me because that's really not what we do. We're not involved in uh, evaluating grants. We're not involved in doing specific research, although there's plenty of researchers on our team, on the committee. Um, uh, we're really more about um, funneling information that's out there. But but one thing that you, I guess you could call them literature studies, you know, we'll get involved in a topic like this one and uh, and then we'll, we'll dig in and see what's been written out there that we can find. Um, and, and then depending on what the topic is, we might go to say the National Council of Child Support Directors in CCSD and ask them, you know, hey, how do you guys handle this problem? And, uh, and get some feedback there and then incorporate that into a, a brief, I guess, that, that we share out. Liz, do you have other examples? Yeah, we also, this one is kind of related because it was during the pandemic, but putting out a, a CSQ article on how different courts responded to the pandemic. And like uh, Wally mentioned, it really summarized several other resources that discussed how, you know, changes were adopted by courts um, during the initial phase of the pandemic. So really um, incorporating others' research into kind of a either a, a research quick facts paper or a CSQ article where we're, you know, summarizing information that other researchers have done. Yeah, so that that's looking about um, what what's been happening in the not too distant past. Let me ask about what's been focused on this year. Well, so th this year the, um, the the paper that folks are working hard on right now is about attracting applicants who might be wary of the child support system or of government in general. Um, so they're looking at things like uh, you know um, behavioral interventions. But in fact, it started that was the that that, inclu that was included in the title when they started, and then they decided that wasn't broad enough, and so they they broadened out their their. Uh, their interest to other ways to attract applicants to the system as well. So they're working really hard on that right now. We also started a paper about, a, we thought it was gonna be a paper about a year ago about um, NCPs who earn money through non-wage work, gig workers and contractors and so on, um, especially with a tremendous growth in platform, you know, companies like Uber and, and uh, so on. And and uh, um, and all of the folks that are working there, either part time or full time, and it turned out, you know, we wanted the focus of the paper to be on what um, what states were doing to uh, use that information to establish and collect support. And it turns out nobody had perfect answers to that. Only three states, in fact, responded to our query. And so, uh, so it's going to be a CSQ article, and then it's going to spin off with a new NCA Connects group uh, to uh, continue that conversation and maybe we can gather more information that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why do you believe that research is a vital part of a child support program and why should NCA offer this? Can you tell us about some of the benefits to this subcommittee and what you find? 
So depending on the state, um, some states have very limited resources as far as, you know, having research done, having the capacity to perform their own research. They may not have a partnership with a university system in their state where they're receiving the support. So I think it's really important, especially for those states, um, to offer this information because whenever we're looking at program change, we want to know the benefits. We want to know what obstacles other states have encountered. And really providing this research is very, very helpful, especially for those states, like I mentioned, that you know don't have the resources to fund their own research um, on these in, on these very important topics. That's great. I would add to that, um, just kind of as a I, I don't know as a generalized reflection. You know, if you want to improve something, then knowing what other people are doing and what's working, and what the current science um, tells you about um, uh, doing our jobs uh, is really important. I mean, if you're okay with things just kind of staying the same, um, then then I guess research isn't that important. But but uh, but if you want to continually improve, like Liz said, you know, some states don't have very much ability to do research at all, and no state has the ability to do all the research that needs to be done. So it's really exciting that there are you know, nonprofits that do research. There's people, I mean, the feds finance grants, but also there's other companies um, at nonprofits who finance grants as well. And sometimes they're interested in what child support can do differently um, to improve. Um, it's really exciting. That stuff is all very exciting, but if nobody knows about it, if it's not shared out in a way that grabs your attention, then you just don't know. And not, you know, we, uh, we're really lucky to have all of the conferences that we have. You know, we have WICSEC and NCIA and ERICSA and the, the two tribal conferences and NCCSD and some other stuff. But, but boy, um, you know, we're lucky to have five or 600 people go to the biggest of those. And, and, uh, and, and there's, I don't know, there's, there's thousands and thousands of child support workers. That's a lot of brains that aren't engaged and, and learning all of that stuff. So this is a way for them to know some more of that and, and to be aware and maybe it'll inspire them to go, hey, we should try this thing out. Let's see what we can do differently there or spin off from an idea that they hear and create something out of whole cloth that's new. So uh, um, I have never met a group as passionate and smart as child support people are and, and uh, um, you know, the more we, we can inspire those folks to, to learn what's going on and to think up new stuff, the better. Yeah, well, I think that's really well put. I, th I think you're absolutely right that there are offices or counties or programs out there that have limited resources, whether it be financial or just staffing resources, that this really pulls them into the conversation. And even though they're not necessarily around the same physical table, it allows that collaboration to begin. Uh, don't have to start from you know square one, but can see what's being done, what works, what doesn't work, and um, just be just be a part or a party to all of that. Yeah, the conversation is what's important. Nobody has had more bad ideas than me. I mean, <laughs> I have occasionally I have a good one too, but but uh, you know just just 
if people are thinking and they're sharing and and bouncing ideas around, then occasionally you get you get a jam out of all of that. So let me ask: if somebody wanted to find out about the studies, where could they find this information? So so we have a we have a web page as part of NCIA. Uh, so if you go to ncia.org and then um, and then you you do a slash resources dash info and then another slash and research you got to kind of dig a little bit then you get to um, uh, where the information is and it's you know when you get there you'll see that it's split up into into various topics um, child support caseloads and demographics that's where you would find that paper I mentioned earlier about odds. Um, financial support and ability to pay, parental engagement, intersection of child support with other family-focused programs, um, operations and program administration and guidelines, um, and then other websites for other stuff. So, so uh, you know, it's it's kind of split up, and and sometimes you have to, uh, you might want to look in two places because you know it's, it's something that you're looking for could fall under multiple topics, but uh, it's fairly fairly self-explanatory that way. We just added some um, some links under several of those topics, and now we're looking at um, a little bit more organization to it, although we're not quite there yet. Liz, am I forget, what am I forgetting in all of that? No, I, I think you, you've got it covered. So, I mean, whatever your interest is in the program, whether it's just, you know, demographics, caseloads, um, or if you want to dive in a little bit deeper into, you know, some publications that really look at, you know, parents' ability to pay. Um, it, it really, no matter what your interest is in the child support program, there is something on the research page that will interest you. And I've, I've got to ask this too. Are there any research topics that you think would be a surprise to folks who visited that site? I don't know, Liz. What what would what would people get surprised about on that on those sites? I drew a blank on this one. <laughs> We're not going to help you here, Tim. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I'll tread water and go on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wally and Liz, what research topics have you been involved with personally? Which ones have you actually got your hands into? So, as far as the committee is concerned. Um, I, I've been involved in the gig worker one that we're um, going to turn loose pretty quick here. Um, of course, there were several other people on that with me. I was, it's not all my work by any stretch of the imagination. Um, in fact, I'm a kind of a bit player in it, just pulling together the stuff that other people wrote and giving it one voice and then getting it ready to, to get out. Liz, how about you? Well, I haven't been, I would say, I guess, involved personally, but one of the topics that we, when we polled the group kind of early in the year, we definitely had some themes that were showing up that we had some strong interest in, and one was pass-through. So that is a topic that I um, am desperate to learn more about, and we were really excited that we were able to have a presentation on Maryland's early outcomes in January and, you know, because one of the things that we really want to do is pass that information along was that we suggested that be included in a rapid read. So we were able to get that out. But um, any research on pass through, I am very interested in. And that Liz brings up a really great point there, too, in that um, 
I, it might shock you to learn that all of the people that are on the research committee are really interested in research. Yeah, and so occasionally we'll have somebody come in and speak to the group, um, either either a researcher that's in the committee or a guest, and uh, and then we, you know, we'll try to share out that information to the um, to the membership as a whole afterward using Rapid Reader or another another way to to um, you know share the links that they had or their even their whole presentation slideshow or whatever, um, and and make it available. So. Um, that's kind of a fun thing that we do once in a while at a meeting as well. Yeah. So while are you always looking for research topics? How would somebody suggest or or um, inquire to to see if there's more about that? Absolutely, but as you can imagine, we can't. You know, we have limited resources and we can't do everything. So uh, yes, we love to hear about other ideas for research with a caveat that we have limited resources and we can only do, you know, like one topic at a time really and give it justice. Um, but we go through prioritization processes about what's next, um, you know, and, and that includes talking to the members of the subcommittee as well as um, uh, the leadership of, of the NCA executive um, uh, directors and, and the, the committee to which we are the subcommittee. PGR. So uh, uh, with their guidance and blessing, I guess, and with an informed decision from the members of the subcommittee, then we try to choose, you know, what the priority focus or maybe foci are going to be for, for the next few months. Does that sum it up right, Liz, or did I, is there other no. stuff there? That was great. And in addition to kind of our main topics for the the NCA year, if there's individual research that people are aware of that they think that we would be interested in, absolutely for um, publications that have come out. We currently have a work group that's reviewing um, some new publications. I think we have about 13 to 14 new articles that have been suggested so far in the year that they're currently vetting so that we can get some updated publications on the research page. Yes, I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's exactly right. So um, so while it's terrific if people want to suggest things that we should look into, it's also really also great if uh, if they suggest things that maybe people would be interested in that have already been researched, and we can share that out and put it on the website. Thanks for that. So Wally, if somebody were to have this information or want to suggest things, how would they contact you all? Oh, well, um, you know, we're... My my email address and I think my phone number are on the NCA site for members to find, um, so they can reach me that way. They could also just Google me and probably come up with my my email address um, on my business website. Liz, how how would they reach you if they wanted to talk to somebody nicer than me? That's just that's wrong, Wally. Um, so. <laughs> My contact information, probably email would be best, and it's also updated on the NCA individual directory. So that would be a great way to get in touch with me, email or phone, um, and that way we can get new ideas for research. Yeah. Or for research that has already been done. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about your work group, and you've got a 
bunch of great people that are on that. Can you tell us who's involved with this subcommittee? Who's working alongside you? Hokey smokes. So what's our current count? You probably know this better than me. How many people are on the committee? So we have a little over 30 subcommittee members, and it's a really great mix of child support staff, private sector uh, members, federal partners, researchers. Uh, We have members from all over the country, and it, it really does provide a good platform for outside researchers to get input from, you know, the child support community. Holy smokes, 30 people. That's that's a great that's a that's great representation. <laughs> it is. It's great. Yeah. So I know it's a little bit early and the call for um volunteers won't come out, you know, till later this board year, probably I would guess maybe July, August, somewhere in there. But if somebody were to have that desire to get on the subcommittee and to work with y'all, how would they do that? So it's a little tricky. Uh, uh, so, so as you know, um, uh, every year there's a call out from the new leadership saying, "Hey, we're looking for committee members. Are you interested?" And and uh, I'm certainly trying to attract folks that way. But um, at least in the past, only the committees are listed. So if you want to be specifically on the research committee, then um, you would choose PGR, the Policy and Government Relations Committee, and then uh, make sure that you inform them when you send it uh, that that you're interested in a particular subcommittee like ours. So there are other subcommittees floating around, and don't ask me uh, to list them off the ha- offhand because I don't know them all. But um, but anyway, there's other subcommittees in PGR and, and probably with the other groups too. And if you're interested in any of those and you don't see it listed, you know, the one that you want to do, um, just make sure and you communicate that when you send it back. I, you know, and, and, and my experience with NCA is that you can also be really informal. You know, you could send back the form and just say, I, I don't know where this subcommittee is, but I heard about it and I want to be on it. And that would probably work just fine, too. So uh, um, uh, anyway, I don't know. I, I, the way I got on is... is uh, Somebody asked me to be on it, so so that was my volunteer. I was I was sort of voluntold, but uh, I don't know. And Liz, Liz, do you have some advice for people who want to join the committee? Yeah, absolutely. So most of our committees meet once a month for about an hour. Um, there may be some uh, individual work or group work that's done between the meetings. So it's not a major time commitment. Um, I think we can all spare an hour, you know, during our month. Um, Another thing I wanted to note, if you're currently serving in a volunteer position, to reaffirm your commitment using the same form. So if you're on the committee and you want to stay on the committee, um, please also respond to the call for volunteers. I, I would add, though, that if you're volunteering for a committee, Usually you're expected to help out on some project or another, which goes beyond that hour. So, so while you probably could get by with an hour a month on a, on a committee, um, I, I think the hope would be uh, that you could spare some more time to, um, to help with, you know, looking for research topics if you were in our group or, or, um, or, or 
you know, helping to organize the web page or, you know, one of our other little work groups that we have that are part of our, our committee. And I think that's true of almost every committee that it's really a little bit more, although it's not, it's not huge. It's a little bit more than that hour. So there's some homework involved. There's always some homework involved. <laughs> so as, as we start to wrap up here, any last thoughts or information that you want to leave our listeners with? Is there anything that's been left unsaid? I'll say that uh, participating in any committee or subcommittee or work group about child support can be really rewarding. Um, uh, it, it branches out your network. It exposes you to ways of thinking that you haven't uh, necessarily been exposed to within your own group, um, your own work, you know, professional work group. Um, uh, it gives you a chance to work a little bit out of your element, maybe, and certainly out of your routine for the day. And for the most part, you'll get support from your boss to do that. I mean, most child support supervisors and managers um, are generally supportive of folks participating in, uh, this my experience anyway, in participating in, uh, in projects like this and, and work groups like this, because they know that it brings stuff back to its good in both directions. So, um, so I guess I, just in a broad sense, being, you know, part of NCA and, and then, you know, being a participating member is super rewarding for you and for the people that you work with professionally and for the work group and for NCA and the child support program at large. Yeah, Liz, any thoughts? Well said, Wally. I, I would just encourage um, people, if you are interested in the child support program, which I think um, most of our audience is, that they really consider whether they think research would be a good subcommittee fit for them, that you don't have to be an academic, that we're, um, you know, a very welcoming group. We have folks from all over the country, and we're talking about stuff that you already know about because it's child support. So not to feel intimidated that you don't think that you have the credentials to participate on that committee, um, that if you're willing to participate and not just log in every month for an hour, that you'll really benefit from joining any of the committees that NC has to offer. I agree. And, and not to downplay NCA in any way, but or another organization. I mean, you know, there's there's other organizations out there that do child support stuff, and um, you know, you could you could get the same benefits uh, from those as well. I know we're all about NCA here, and I love NCA, but um, but but you could do this with other stuff too. Uh, I think I think the important part is that you're given a little and you're getting a lot, and uh, um, and that that really matters. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it sounds like some of the asks are to check out the website, check out the information, and then to start contemplating and thinking about being involved and participating in this committee for next year, and just being involved, not just in NCIA, but in the bigger picture of passionate people that are involved in the child support community. I think that's, that's awesome. Exactly. Well, we want to thank Liz Schreiber and Wally McClure for joining us today and being our guests. 
Thank you for sharing about yourselves and about your leadership journeys and for filling us in on an active part of Encia that some may not have heard about or are hearing for the very first time today. I would encourage our listeners to check out the research information on the website. Thank you for listening. I'm Tim Leitner, and on behalf of the NCA Communications Committee, this is Ben on Location. Thanks very much to Wally and Liz for being on the show today. And thanks, of course, to Tim for hosting and producing the episode. On Location is available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. We have a lot of great episodes on the way, so be sure to subscribe and check out our previous work as well. We also appreciate your ratings, feedback, comments, and suggestions. If you have an idea for a topic or would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us using the contact link on our website. On Location is a production of the NCIA Communications Committee with special production assistance from Tim Leitner and me. Thanks for joining me. I'm Joe Mamlin, and this has been On Location.